Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Laundry. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. Today, we have Ari Clow. He is, I don't know, is he kind of one of the biggest names in triathlon right now? Not due to performance, um, solely due to his quote-unquote clout uh he was on that pto top performers list he went up against flora and it was close at one point uh, i think a lot of people got pretty angry about that so we kind of talked to him about that but guys uh how's it we, going we, we've uh not really had too much going on outside of the busiest six weeks of my entire effing life but um ultimately it's Wait, what how is that Oh, we got to talk about that thing you did that you almost killed yourself for about three days straight. Jack, you know how I normally work, right? Just <laughs> on the phone doing stuff all day long. Literally, this team this year has taken up probably about 40 hours a week of my time external oh, to what I normally God. do. Just want you to know all the phone calls and all the back and forth. It's been like I, I love that shit so it's been great but sometimes at the end of the night i'm just like i can't even wind down so i get it it's like having another full-time job and for those of you listening guys that is 80 hours a week for a regular person yeah because he crams 80 hours of work into 40 so geez pretty insane i've seen it man I, i've not seen it but i've felt it i've just sensed <laughs> it in the air <laughs> you just feel my energy i'm like don't even don't ask for any more eggs jackson what i'm talking about is the uh we oh, probably velocity. released already the velocity, but you did those six workouts or eight workouts eight. in three days, eight one hour workouts, which were a lot of threshold work. And, yeah. uh, that's tough. So, that and that's supposed to be his off season. That's what, 10 days after your last race of the year. So. <laughs> it's the only time of year. Okay. So the reason when it made sense is the only time of year I could do it, still have some fitness from the season to where I could like talk and put out near threshold and not be too ruined but i'll tell you what the first day i got there i did three one hour workouts starting from like eight and there was another athlete as as well um running her guest workout appearance so we would kind of swap to and from and that was great but by workout three the legs were i swear empty like an hour all pretty much working at 100 percent or over intervals well over and then an hour downtime and then an hour again like i think that was a hard part just the dwell time between and then the second day I did four workouts. Um, and that by the end of the fourth workout that I came out of the, the, whatever broadcast room. And one of the producer guys was like, um, I could tell you're pretty much in the well. Cause I would start the workout and be like, oh, welcome everybody who gives a shit. I'm mine. <laughs> Just basically hanging on by a thread. So eight workouts was great. I'll hopefully I can get 16 total so we can have a really good like sequence, but Hopefully we can get one of you boys on there one day to see what it's like too. Do you think he'd be good at it, Jack? Yeah, I could do her probably. Maybe. I mean, you know, put my threshold down to about three twenty <laughs> so I could talk. That'd be good. I did that uh, the last day. I took it at three hundred. I had to. Yeah, for sure. That's tough, but yeah, no, that would be something different. It's fun. Like you see, it. you got to be motivational. You got to be upbeat, happy. So you know, you don't want to be too much in the well. So. uh, but yeah, thanks for asking. What's up with you guys? Well, we're, let's see what's happened. Well, PTO rankings 
finalized for the year. It looks like, uh, I thought there was one more race this weekend, but everyone's like posting their, Oh, you know, this is my final ranking kind of thing. So yeah, I think, um, I think they're done. So it looks like we got what we had. What do we have? Lesty's 50th. Uh, Nick, you were 80, what? 86. 81. That Maybe was 12. 86. Maybe 86 now. I don't know. And then a couple of the new members coming on the team were pretty solid up there as well, which we haven't announced yet, so we won't release their names. But anybody's got – people probably figured out maybe by now. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, solid. I'm stoked with 12th. Like, I mean, that's pretty awesome for me. Um, so see if I can keep that up and maybe even improve it next year. But got to up the game. So I'm super focused on training. Not that it's even hard right now, but I'm just, like, really – excited for getting in shape and really crushing it next year um holidays coming up i'm gonna be going to hang out with garrick for a few days and then we're going to the team camp so that's gonna be sick um as long as the world doesn't explode before then which it might good call <laughs> covid 19 is turning into covid 20 covid 22 break it's just <laughs> ongoing and this new stuff and oh god People are going nuts here. It's just terrible. So I'm kind of looking forward to getting out, but at the same time, hopefully I don't, they haven't really been talking about more quarantine or travel restrictions much. So they're more like they're restricting some stuff, but not by much. And I'm worried that they're just going to like do nothing, do nothing. And then be like, okay, everything's shut down. And then I'll be screwed. But I, anyway, can't really worry about it. Just got to take it day by day, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Cause we can't have COVID cases ever in Ontario. No, if yeah. he, it starts going up, you got to just shut her down. Garrick, how's your recovery after your uh, hips, double hip surge? Uh, well, well <laughs> hey, I've got a, I've got an anecdote to add to that before he says anything. Riding yesterday, going up out the Zwift at about 4.2 watts per kilogram, just solid. And then I see a little orange dot up the road. I don't know who it is. Get up closer, see that it's Garrick catch him and then he jumps on my freaking wheel last half of that hill he rode right with me <laughs> freaking 4.2 watts per kilogram don't so. tell his doctor <laughs> yeah don't tell the doctor that was the first time i had been over 300 watts since the surgery but it is now we're what three and a half weeks out now uh i've been riding my bike for about a week now so that's good still not clipped in but I don't know. I'm pretty, pretty happy with <laughs> you did that. I'm not at. clipped. In. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Man, I was that, just, that's brutal. So 4.2 for Garrick's what? 340 ish. 330. No, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm about 80. I think my Zwift weight is at 82 kilos. Oh, so he fudged it just a little bit. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, I don't know what my real weight is, but I would imagine it's pretty darn close to 82 kilos okay yeah so you were yeah. doing let's see you were doing like yeah like 340 something like that i will tell you though that's usually my 70.3 pace and or effort and it did not feel like that i could not hold that for a second <laughs> oh it'll come back yeah. fast there brother yeah so what's your you know any changes to your timeline are you still looking at you know mid-season potentially to start racing uh so i mean i've had two swims now the big thing is just getting back uh, to running and building up a sustainable volume to where I can train on the run, but I can't even touch the running shoes until at least eight weeks out from surgery. 
So, and to build up, I don't know, man, I think optimistic we're looking at like midsummer start, yeah. but I think like to be an effective racer, like I don't want to jump in and finish freaking where I was finishing last year. Cause that was, that was tough. Like that was hard to swallow. Um, if it's like, like a really competitive field. Yeah. 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 Uh, like that's what I'm saying. I just, it's a part, it's, it's a part of the race that I've never seen before. And I just don't like to be there. So in terms of fitness wise, I think it's going to take me time to, to get back to a position where I feel comfortable racing, racing at, but it'll be a slow build. Who knows? I don't want to, I just don't want to put a time constraint on there, but I'll tell you come hell or high water, I'll be racing in September. So I'm doing a full iron man. Yeah. <laughs> iron man coming 2022 <laughs> surgery to iron. two replacement yeah. hips. Take that grandma. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's us. That's all that's going on, I guess. And yeah. um, we should jump into this interview with Ari, um, the most controversial man in triathlon at the moment. And... I don't know if he's – I don't think he's the most controversial guy. I think he just had one post, and they were like, who the fuck's Ari? What's going on? And I don't feel like it's been, like, that big of a deal. I feel like it's a, it's a little deal. No, it really hasn't. We're, we're playing it up. But... Well, oh. And there's nothing going on right now in triathlon because the races are done, so everyone's like, I, that's probably why the PTO did it. They're like, hey, let's get some people talking yeah. about some stuff right now. So it was honestly a genius move. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, don't, I just didn't find him too controversial based on the um, episode. I thought he was, you know, like, like when Sam Long first came out, everyone was like, oh, that guy, that ego. But then like once you get to know him, they're like, they're super sweet. They're like nice people. So anyways, that's how I kind of found Ari to be um, on the episode. You can judge for yourself. But one caveat um you know if the just bear with us on some of the audio i think some of his internet dropped out like three times during some of the chats to work but it was like for literally a blink of an eye so if you hear something don't get too pissed at us doing our best he was yeah. in an attic so i mean what can you do but he's he's stealing his neighbor's wi-fi i think <laughs> <laughs> well anyways we probably jump into it so here is the interview with ari Clow. Yeah, and he is moving to. Welcome back. Today we have Ari Clow, uh, or should I say Ari Clout, because he's got, yeah, he is the most controversial name in triathlon currently. Uh, he <laughs> went up against Flora in the PTO rankings for most, was it top performer? Uh, I think. We're going to get into that, into the chat, but uh, Ari, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, boys. Pleasure to be on. So uh, maybe we should start with kind of the the hottest topic in triathlon right now. Obviously, race season's winding down, so this is kind of what everyone's talking about. How did you get into the top performer rankings? I think you have two pro races right now. Yeah, um, I think it's just – it's. a very supportive fan base. And honestly, I didn't even know um, that it was that large until yesterday or two days ago, whenever this all started. Um, But I guess enough people wrote my name in to the initial PTO story. Um, And again, I didn't, I didn't follow them on Instagram. So I had no idea going on. I had just gotten a mention from a follower that that they were putting my name in for top performer. And I was like, Oh yeah, let's go. Um, 
And then when they made the actual post and put up the stories, they tagged me in them and I, I took them in it, looked at what it was, uh, saw I was going up against Flora. <laughs> and then I, I went to vote for myself um, and I was losing 90% to 10%. And um, I was, at first I was just astounded that I had even made it in there. Cause when you, you go through the names on the list, it's 15 of the best athletes in the world. Uh, and then me. So um, in, in many ways it was, I don't know what the, the percentage of, you know, 15 divided by 16 is, but it's, you know, over 90% probably. So yeah. pretty, pretty good as far as who were the actual top performers um, for the most part, obviously I'm sure there were some, some names left out of there. Um, but then I just got on there cause enough people, I guess, were, were passionate about what I had done this year to, to write my name in. Um, and then even more so to, I think we were, um, at one point we were down 52 to 48%. So I think that was the closest I got. And then I went to bed and Flora got all of the, uh, the, the votes on the other side of the earth that was awake while I went to sleep and I woke up and it was 60, 40. So didn't end up being that close. Um, but I, I was just sort of amazed and, uh, grateful, honestly, that I've, I guess a lot of people who, who want to see me succeed to the point that they'll uh, um, vote for me on online polls when clearly I'm not the better performer. Um, but well, let's, let's dig I, into I, that real quick yeah. too, though, Ari, before we get to like, I think a lot of our listeners probably may or may not heard of you. So where did you get the support and why are you a name that people would even like begin to throw out there? That's a good fucking question, man. Well, I mean, come on, uh, hit us. you know why, don't be so <laughs> humble. Do I? Uh, I was siphoning clout from Lionel for a while, but honestly, the, uh, the the way it started, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just a good story. Um, but I was I was trying to I was chasing a pro running career, and uh, COVID made everything a little bit uh, tough. It made it, they, they weren't really giving out contracts. So honestly, in, in a way, I'm thankful for COVID because I love this sport so fucking much. Um, and uh, I was just running, and they weren't really giving out contracts in the summer after I, uh, I finished my NCAA eligibility. Um, so, uh, I just moved to Seattle with my friend Spencer, the athlete special. He's got his own YouTube channel. Uh, so he signed, he got a contract with the Brooks beasts based in Seattle. Um, and I was going to be able to work out with them, but, uh, got a little injury, got on the bike, uh, the bike, bike trainer, cause it, it was raining every day. I couldn't really bike outside. Um, and was, was, putting down some pretty good Watts decided I wanted to just keep biking even when the, when the injury subsided um, and sort of started my own YouTube channel of just coming back from this injury, working a full-time software engineering job, trying to fit in as much biking, as much running as I could um, and uh, making my own beats for the channel too. So there's always like a workout scene where I put my own music on it and uh, it just took off pretty, pretty quickly. Um, and then it took off even more when uh so at this point, Corey Belmore, a beer mile world record holder, was living with Lionel. They were training together in Tucson. This was probably like February 2020. They would like watch YouTube when they sat down for dinner and stumbled upon my channel and uh, slid in my DMs. And they were like, yo, come to Tucson to train. Um, and I just so happened to like not have anywhere to live after uh, my lease ran out. So uh, fuck it. Was, go to by Tucson. choice. By choice. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah we we uh we, we terminated our lease actually because they didn't let us go. extend so we were gonna find somewhere else to live in seattle but i was like all right fuck it i'll go i'll go to tucson um and by this point i was i was biking a lot like i was biking more than i was running my my 
you know, I would run a hundred miles a week in, in college. And I was running like 30 miles a week at this point, probably biking right 10 to 10 hours a week. Uh, and then I started, I started swimming every day and just fell in love pretty much immediately. Uh, I was like, this is, this is the sport for me. Uh, I love training. I love training more than anything. And this is a sport where you just, you have to train like a lot. Uh, so I love that. And, uh, one, won a couple local triathlons um and then uh the age group nationals amateur national championship here in the u.s uh, i was third so qualified for my pro license and decided i just wanted to you know if the goal is eventually to see where i stack up against the pros i didn't want to waste any more time doing age group races um and i'm making youtube videos this this whole time you know from um Seattle to Albuquerque to I was in Austin for a couple weeks in Tucson where I'm meeting up with Lionel Sanders which just like literally doubled the subscriber base just the amount of eyes that, that he has um I guess uh took a liking to, to my story in my channel and um then I moved back to the east coast of New Hampshire to join uh my, my coach James Peterson join his squad um and just yeah the whole thing has has been on YouTube my journey from being pure runner to triathlon um and I don't know. The videos, the videos are okay. I, I like to just sort of say exactly what I'm thinking on camera. I think people appreciate that. Uh, and well, I guess the major thing that I forgot is I quit my job to do this. I, uh, in, in, uh, January, I, I just, I, I quit my job, decided I was going to do this full time and just find a way to make it work. And thus far it has worked out. So, um, I think people just really like following along, seeing what is happening, uh, seeing what, what's going to happen. Uh, where do you live now? Uh, so, uh, I, right this minute I'm in my, uh, my childhood house in the attic of my, of my parents, um, where I'm going next is actually top secret. Uh, if I said it on the podcast, it would ruin a big surprise. Okay. I can tell you guys off the record. All right. Well, we'll, we'll wait till the after show notes for that. Going to Lanzarote. Train. That would be nice. Going to St. Moritz. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's, um, yeah. that's a pretty unreal, you know, leap of faith you took there, which is awesome. Um, I mean, a lot of people have done this and like, I think, you know, a lot of people do it and they make it a lot of people do it and they don't. And I don't think anybody ever regrets it. So, um, I think people are super stoked to watch you kind of do that journey too. Um, so the other question that kind of, I guess some people are probably wondering is like, what in, in your running, like, what was your distance? Like, what was your prospects there and you know did you like switch over because you think you have a better chance in triathlon or do you like to really make it to the high level or do you did you switch because you like it like you said you like a lot more training um uh, what was that like? both. so uh I, I hadn't really ever thought twice about triathlon until I, I got on the bike so in college I, I struggled with injuries for probably my first two years like there was no consistency um and started to sort of get a grip on training uh, my junior year, but still, uh, wasn't racing well. Um, and then for, fourth and fifth year, I started to figure it out uh, a bit more. So I broke 14 in the 5k. Well, I broke my 14 in my junior year. Um, and then fifth year ran like I ran shit and cross. I was never good at cross country. Um, and I honestly, at the end of that season, I was like, damn, I might, I might never, I might never be good at this. Um, and I had the sort of computer science job software engineering job already lined up for that summer, um, from a previous internship. 
And yeah, I honestly figured I was just going to go work this job and run recreationally. And my, my big thing was I really wanted to join a, uh, like a adult rec soccer league. Like that was going to be the, the thing that I did. Um, then I wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna like run competitively. Um, and then, uh, and then I got dumped. I was in a three-year relationship, got dumped and uh, it was terrible. And I was like, well, what do I have? All I have is running. So I ran, uh, literally like a week after that, I ran 751 in the 3k, uh, broke the school record. And so that was like, uh, probably to this day, it's still the, the, the best race of my life. Uh, certainly the best like time uh, compared to anything else. Um, and then after that, I was like, shit, all right, I, I, I can't do this. I can actually, I can be a, I can be a pro runner. Um, and then COVID hit, canceled everything. Uh, I still just, I, I got super fit on my own. Um, time trialed a, a 401 mile going into the summer and I, I felt I was in like a pretty good position to like chase a contract when they started actually signing athletes again I didn't know when that was going to be there still weren't really too many races going on um so I went to Boulder for the summer just like just got fit had a good time and uh then moved to Seattle with the sort of like okay this is going to be my first year as a pro runner and um I, I don't know what my my prospects were as far as like how you know, could I ever make a world championship team or was I ever going to medal? I'd kind of stopped believing I had that sort of potential, but I was always like, okay, I can be a, I can be a 13, 10, 5k guy. Uh, and I can consistently be making us finals and like be a, be a dark horse for a team on the, on the, on a really good year. That's where I started to think my potential was. And I was still, I didn't, I didn't care. Um, my whole thing that drives me is I want to figure out for how good I can be. So I, I think if I had not gotten that injury and if I had stuck with running, I would have been in a very good position to get a contract, you know, like a sort of 40 K a year, 50 K a year contract where I would be making a living from it um, and just be a pro runner. Um, but, you know, life had other plans. And sort of once I started biking, uh, not only did I just love the grind um, of multiple sports, uh, but that's when I started to think I could just be better at triathlon uh, than, than pure running. And I, I still really think that's the case. There's kind of nothing that I've encountered thus far and, you know, going to train with Lionel, um, and, and racing pro I'm seeing what the best guys are doing, you know, and on paper, I'm like, okay, there's, you know, I, one day if, if, uh, this all goes well, I can get there. And that's, I might already be at a point where I'm better than I ever was at running, you know, as far as on a hierarchical scale. Well, let's dig into that a bit. I mean, you just raced uh, Indian Wells. That's your most recent event. And yeah. uh, you got to race with Lionel uh, with a lot of other heavy hitters. Now, how, what's it like yeah, racing? With is a relative with, term, I guess. Oh, yeah. Against uh, in the same road in the same. You, you, we started yeah. together. We always start together. Yeah. You high five there. Uh, yeah. So, so how do you feel your progression is coming along? And are you, you know, happy with everything you've been put into so far yeah I mean, there's I don't think I've ever had such linear progress uh in sport see, over the last uh, I don't know six seven eight months um there was a point where when I started triathlon that just the overall fatigue I just couldn't I couldn't run like fast at all everything I was doing every workout I did I was like this is slow I could have done this as a senior in high school um but slowly once I got the hang of it figured out what works for me, the running, like I've just, I got fitter every week running. I was getting fitter every week on the bike. And then swimming is a bit, it, it seems to be like back and forth. Um, I'm sure you guys understand better than I, but um, there's, 
there's been huge, huge progression there just in terms of my, uh, like my strength in the pool. Um, and, uh, watching videos of myself swim. I'm now like not disgusted watching it anymore. I'm like, there's, there's potential there. Um, and, and the times have come down. I'm, I'm a lot more focused on technique. That's sort of everyone had told me, uh, you know, before I started swimming, it's like, Oh, it's all technique, technique, this. Uh, so I've been really trying not to focus on what the times are like, but if I hadn't, I, I took a, I took a wrong term turn on the swim course at Indian Wells, which was completely my fault. Um, but I still came in uh, mid 28s. I think if I hadn't taken the swim, the, the wrong turn, I would have been low 27s, which like that, that was a best case scenario for me. I was like on the, my best day I'll swim, I'll swim 27 something. So, um, I didn't end up doing it, but I, I think I know now, you know, next time I can, uh, not come out of the water dead last. So, so, so what do you I, think about the bike dynamics on, on any given race you've shown up to? Cause that's a big point of contention as a pro athlete and someone who's coming in it from a running background and just getting straight into the sport, full gas, like you're, you're tossed in with, with everyone, you know, how, how are you finding that? And obviously let's hear the pissing and moaning too. It's pussy shit, dude. I have this fantasy of getting so good at biking and still being bad enough at swimming that I pass an entire pack call each and every one of them a pussy as I go by that's that's my dream um it would be better if I was not passing them in the first place if I just came out of the water ahead of them um but I I know and I know that it makes no sense to like if you're working in a pack to try to attack off the front especially if you're betting on your run um it's just like the, uh, the unfortunate way that the rules are written um that that's sort of the way the game is played it makes no sense for anybody to not be a part of the pack um, but, and I mean, Iron Man, which is simultaneously the, the biggest brand, but the only one that seems to be lagging behind and actually making it fair and actually making it non-draft as they say it is. Um, it, I, I mean, I was thrown into it head first in, uh, in my first pro race was in Maine. Um, there yeah. were no real strong bikers in there. Um, so my, my friend Dylan Gillespie, who's a, he, he's a really, really strong cyclist, uh, but I guess he was, he was the only one he averaged, I think he said he was averaged almost 350 normalized. Um, but he, he, he never got away. Um, well, Dylan will so do the work a, on the bike. I've, every time we've yeah. raced together, he'll put his nose out there. He'll do every bit. Of, he's a great guy. I like Dylan a lot. Yeah, no, I love him, but he just pulled 10 guys behind him to like, you know, these ridiculous bike splits. And I, my, my roommate, one of my best friends, Mark Dubrick, you know, he obviously showed me his power file and he was completely upfront. He was like, yeah, just, I was not biking. <laughs> my main concern was not getting a drafting penalty and sitting up and breaking at the right time. Um, and so I lost, you know, I, I, I pushed what, you know, good power for me at that time. And I, I just lost even more time on the bike to, to guys who were pushing, you know, 60, 70 watts less. And, um, cause you weren't just, in the group. Yeah. Well, I wasn't in the group and I just, uh, I had completely forgotten that that was sort of a possibility. It was something, and I'm still so new to the sport. So that's something I really only see in like, you know, when I watch a, uh, you know, St. George, like there's a big, there was a big bike pack, uh, in, in May last year. And, really, really competitive races at the front. There's a bike pack. I just didn't think that was going to happen. And what essentially was like a B tier race in Maine. Um, but it, it just seemed to completely dominate the dynamic of the race. And, uh, I mean, part of me is pissed off about it, but part of me doesn't care. It's like, okay, well, I just need to get good enough at swimming that I can take advantage of it too. Um, but there's still always that, that fantasy in the back of my head of, of not taking part of it 
and trying to make everyone else feel bad for taking part in it. But, well, we'll yeah. just call you a pussy when we swim by you at first, and then you can just pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can get the breath out enough to call me a pussy in the water, I mean, oh. there's, I can't, I can't say anything to that. That's some hard man shit. <laughs> that's uh that's a dynamic that i think a lot of athletes coming from like do very well in age group and then they don't see once they move into the pros and it's like just a shocker because the way you race is completely different you swim way harder you open that bike like way harder and so sometimes like the times fluctuate and you can't really compare apples to apples with with times in, in age group racing but one thing that i, I really want to ask you because this seems to be like a common theme um, from what I've seen, but how has your perspective changed being a runner, looking into triathlon and then moving into it and then subsequently like racing in the pros? Um, this is going to sound like the cockiest thing in the world, but honestly, not, not that much. So my first triathlon that I ever watched uh, was challenge Daytona 2020s, the PTO champs. And I saw Gustav absolutely destroy everybody running. I think he, you know, he averaged, he averaged five ten or something like that for what was it? 10, 10 miles, 11 miles. I forget what the distance was. 11 point, um, something. 11 point, 11 point something. And I was like, that's the, and he destroyed everyone. And I could, I was like, that's really what the top level of this sport is. I could do that. Uh, and obviously, like, I didn't understand that the dynamics of well, one that you had done two legs before it, but um, I, uh, I didn't know anything about swimming. I had like just started. I, this was the point where I was just sort of like cross training on the bike to, to supplement the running. Um, but I was sort of like, oh, that's what the sport is. That's uh, that's not even that competitive. I could go there and I'll, I'll destroy it. Um, and the the interesting thing is that I kind of assumed that your running would take more of a hit off the bike. Um, but now I'm, I'm sort of more confident that the, there's not like a three or four minute swing in your half marathon, right? It's sort of your, you train so that whatever you could run in a half marathon fresh is not going to be that much faster than what you'd run off the bike, unless you like, you know, completely toasted your legs. So I'm at a point where obviously it depends on, uh, you know, there's no guarantee that I'm ever going to get to a front pack swim, but that's the goal. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm betting on my running ability enough that I, I can run, I can run a one Oh five half marathon off the bike in not in the near future, obviously the, the fitness required, but in terms of what I believe is possible on paper, um, that's, that's, like, I think that's possible for me, but at the same time, I don't think that if I did that, I would be the only one doing that. Like, I think we're seeing that this sport is getting elevated to the point where you're going to have to be able to swim sort of like, you know, a five minute, 500 or under that sort of level. You're going to have to be able to push 340, 350 watts for the whole bike. And you're going to have to be able to run low five minute pace. And if you can't do that, you're not going to sniff a podium at, in, in a world-class race. Um, so I, yes, I was completely wrong in thinking that the sport wasn't, wasn't competitive at all. Um, but did you uh, ever, like, had you ever watched ITU racing or anything and saw like Brownlees or what they did and been like, well, those guys are running, you know, 20 minute 10 Ks off the bike. That's fucking ripper. 
Yeah, I didn't really, well, I didn't know what to think about that. So I had seen like highlights of the Olympics. Um, and, but, but you got to see where I was coming from. What, it, what fast, a fast 10K is 27 minutes from what I was thinking, like on the roads too. Um, so I didn't, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know how hard they were biking. ITU was just a different, like, I didn't even really know what I was watching when I sort of just watched the highlights of that. And I didn't, I, I actually, I don't think I knew uh, how fast they were running. Um, I never like looked at the splits. Um, I kind of just assumed like, oh, there's no way that these guys are running that, that fast. And um, honestly, that's one of the bigger things that I, uh, like being able to run that fast in an ITU race seems almost crazier than being able to run five minute pace off of a very controlled, but hard um, uh, time trial. So you, you're mentioning a lot about like power numbers and stuff, which everybody uses to measure their, basically their performance in racing. Now, the interesting thing about that is obviously power doesn't equal speed. Um, so, you know, you, you're looking at, you probably follow Lionel pretty closely and he's a good example of someone who has a lot of power for still a lot of speed, but he has to put more power for the same speed as a lot of guys. So have you looked at like, you know, comparing some, trying to get some idea of, are you efficient? Like even not riding on your own, like we're looking, looking at the splits here at the race you're talking about the main, like that was a short bike. I think it was like a couple miles yeah, short. It was, 54. it was 54 miles, 54 miles. So the front group bike 156 with obviously some benefit. Then there was some other guys like Cody Beals who rode by himself. He rode 201. Um, and you know, he, I know him very well. Um, he only rode something like 300 ish Watts, um, for that split. And then you were 206. Um, and Cody's six feet tall and he's kind of a taller guy. So how do you think like looking at your equipment advantages, position advantages, is that going to come in big time for you? Or do you think you're pretty close there? Like I haven't seen any of your setup or anything like that. No, uh, just, just from, so I also, I was 305, 305, uh, at Maine normalized and, uh, yeah. and it was pretty, it was pretty even, like there weren't too many like big climbs or anything. Um, and yeah, that also after Indian Wells, I was, uh, I was 315 and like still, I, I, yeah, I just, I, I feel slow. Um, you know, that's definitely something I got to work on. Um, I'm not like too worried about it. Cause I feel like that's the kind of thing is once you get more into the sport, um, maybe you can, like, I don't even know what the process of going to the wind tunnel or the velodrome is. Um, but that's, I would think it's a little bit easier to change once you get the resources than your power. Um, so right now, yeah, no, I, I'm not, I'm not super aero. Um, and my, my power is not good enough to, to really compete, um, given my position as it is now. Um, so, but that, I mean, that's, yeah, that's huge. It's, and, and I mentioned that like, yeah, you're going to have to be able to go 350 Watts or whatever, um, close to there. Uh, but yeah, you're also going to have to be in a, a, a really good position and have uh, pretty good equipment choices and just, yeah, knowledge of sort of how to, how to go fast. Um, but that's just not, you know, I'm not there yet. And I, I think it's probably primarily a resource thing of just, I don't, I don't know how to make myself faster and I don't really want to tinker with it because I, I don't know, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff that I could do that would make it even worse. Um, 
Well, I get that's the staple, you know, statement. Like you don't know what you don't know, but you, with enough time in the sport, all this stuff will come to you. You'll talk to others at races. You'll see other positional stuff you can do. It's not like that's not, probably a low hanging fruit. You can just knock out pretty quick, but the work is the work and you're clearly a hard, hard working mofo. So that's going to work out. Um, I want to switch gears for a second and talk about, um, you know, what's happening within the sport of triathlon. Obviously you're a great example of somebody with just coming into the sport, only race two professional races. Obviously you've got some prestige from your running career, but you've already made a bit of a buzz and a name for yourself just because of maybe social media and YouTube. Now, do you see that dynamic being more beneficial than actual results in the future? Or how do you really feel about all that? So uh, this is a even more of an issue in running, I think, where uh, people are getting angry that uh, contracts and sponsorships are sort of being a uh, great social media presence. And then there's some people who say, hey, why, why shouldn't that be the case from a, uh, from a sponsor's point of view? They want to get the most eyes on it. Why would they give it to someone with a horrible social media presence who's just really, really good? Um, yeah. But this is where it uh, uh, diverges between running and triathlon. Triathlon is, I'm so excited to see where it's going to be in five to 10 years because of, because of guys like Talbot and, and Kenny uh, who are, are, are pushing the media side of this sport. And, and obviously the PTO and Super League, they're making it a, a, a like TV uh, a digestible product that people are going to want to watch. And the, just the media side of it is being pushed really well. So it's, I, I think and hope that it's going to get to the point where it is the best guys who have the most social media presence simply because all the work is done for them. There's no, you don't see that in developed sports like NFL, NBA, NHL, um, Premier League, or, you know, any, any uh, international football, like the guys with the most followers and the best social media presence are just the best guys because that's who gets shown on TV. Those are the stories that get told um, and broadcast to the masses. So where it sucks with running is running is an absolutely track and field is just like a, it's, it's stuck. The media sucks. Everyone knows it, but uh, there's nobody out there, no organizations or no people who are really trying to change that. Um, Seems like diamond league's the only thing really that I've ever watched and been like, this diamond league sucks. I mean, it's, it's like it's diamond league's okay, but they don't, they haven't really, it's not, it's not uh, easy to watch. Um, like I don't watch Diamond League regularly. I just kind of know where it, when it goes on, try to get like live splits. Um, and yeah, besides that, it, it's not like there are no uh, major meets that are that are really televised besides the Olympic trials or, or U.S. championships. It's just not a sport that is accessible to people. Um, and yeah, again, nobody has stepped in to change that. So as it stands, runners who go out on their own to get big on social media are at an extreme advantage compared to, to runners who don't care or don't know much about it. Um, and, but that's just the product of, of the sport itself. Um, yeah. In triathlon right now, I think, I mean, that whole PTO thing, a lot of people were really mad that I was even on there. Um, and it, it's just, it's so funny and meta because it was on Instagram and it was a fan vote. Like, I don't know what you expected. Um, but I, I think that's going to change just purely because it seems that this sport is going in a really, really good direction, uh, with what the PTO and, and super league and, and just the fact that it's so much more competitive now, it's just becoming interesting to watch. So the most interesting names I don't think are going to be the ones that have the best YouTube channels. 
Okay. Good, good answer. I think it's going to be definitely a mixture, like guys like yourself coming up, telling the story, showing the journey and obviously deserves some merit because how else can anyone else follow it or know what the hell is going on outside of the glamorized top, you know, ranked individuals who have dedicated camera folks. So yeah, well, good on you for you know, seizing an opportunity, making the best of it. And obviously your YouTube channel is a, a big success. So we want to make sure you know that we think that's pretty cool. Appreciate it. So, but at the year. same time, I do got to say, I, if it was between performance and YouTube, I'll delete the YouTube channel in five seconds or zero <laughs> seconds. Like I don't, yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm complete. I like my dream is to figure out how good I can be at endurance sports and I just, I love training and I don't, I don't, you know, it's, it's nice to interact with fans and, and tell people what's happening as it goes along. Um, and, and to this point, it has allowed me to have the beginnings of a professional career. Um, but it's, I don't like, I, I, I joke on my Instagram, like that I'm a pro YouTuber. Um, but it's like, I, that doesn't motivate me at all. Most of the time I'm not really motivated to make YouTube videos. It's more of a, um, I started telling the story and it would be weird to stop halfway, you know, <laughs> just when it's getting interesting. Um, that makes sense. And yeah. So yeah, it's social media. YouTube is, uh, I'm not, I'm not driven by it at all. It's just, it's, it's all performance based for me. I would, I would give YouTube up in a second. So next year, you obviously have probably heard about this, you know, these new events coming in from the PTO. Um, obviously you'd have to have some, you know, a big improvement to, to qualify there, but are you kind of distance races and thinking, okay, like I'm going to focus on 70.3, try to maybe qualify for that potentially, or the, the year after, or do you want to try to move up to like fulls eventually? Um, what are your thoughts on, on, on that? I love the idea of a full just for, like it, it, it took me like five hours to have this, this just awful, awful, like suffering experience at uh, Indian Wells um, to, to from like, oh, thank God I'm done. This hurts so much uh, to, oh man, I really can't wait to do that again. Um, yeah. And the prospect of a fall is just like that. I mean, in theory times two, but I feel like it's going to be like times eight. Um, just the amount of, of suffering that goes into it. Um, and I feel like that's, that's kind of the, the athlete that I am. Like I want to go into the unknown a little bit. Um, and I just, I just love being out there for, for a really long day and, and just, and just hurting. Uh, so definitely eventually um, I would say in the uh, not so distant future, I don't know about next year because the, the other thing is I just understand that the amount of training that needs to, have been done to do a full successfully is you know much more than the i've been doing it for nine months at this point so um like there's just no way that i would be able to run a good marathon off the bike you know if i can even bike well for four and a half hours at this point um so i would just want to be successful before i do it so i don't i, don't, I haven't i haven't chatted with my coach uh we don't really have any any plans for next year and then obviously it's like getting it what is it top 50 get to go to these races the two the the opens yeah, yeah. top 40 automatically and then oh. they'll roll it down to top 50 which i think i think 50th place will probably get in for both and then oh, okay beyond that it's beyond that it's uh 
it's what's it called wild card slots so you've already got oh, your name okay. up there so interesting you never know um yeah i mean those those are uh i, I try to be careful when when setting goals for for things like that uh, honestly goal setting in general um yeah. i probably think of differently than a lot of people those are those are super external like results oriented things um and i definitely can get like too into it of like, okay, I want this really bad, or I want, I want to go to this race really bad, or I want this result. Um, and I have to remind myself that actually what I really want is to just have a sustainable career where I can wake up and train every day um, and, and race a couple of times a year and not get too hung up on things that like, you know, I don't, I don't know how quickly I'm going to progress in this sport. I have no idea, you know, if it, like, I think most people would say, oh, that's a crazy breakthrough if I were top 50 next year. Um, but I just, I have no idea what that looks like. I'm still so new to this sport. So uh, I wouldn't say like I'm setting it as a goal to, to go to those races. Um, if it, if it were to happen, uh, you know, especially as a wild card, that, that would be great to, to be able to do that. Um, but I'm still just focused on getting in another year of, of, training three disciplines i mean you guys have been at this for for i don't know how long um many years <laughs> many years yeah uh so like i'm millions and millions of yards behind in the pool and thousands upon thousands of hours behind on the bike so i'm more so focused on just just getting to the point where i can compete in the races that i do go to because it's just i i hate where I am right now. Um, even when I do a, a race that is good for my abilities, I'm just time trialing off the back and I don't, I don't have much fun doing that aside from, okay, it's an opportunity to, to just see how deep I can go. Um, the next step for me is being able to show up to a pro race and have an impact on it. Um, you know, be able to make moves that people have to respond to and actually compete in it. So I don't really care what race that ends up being. Um, but I that, think that's, that I think we can all kind of relate to that in some regard too. And I think we, you know, all of us on this channel right now, we definitely only care about being able to perform the best we can on the day. And that's always the best, like wherever you shake out sometimes, if you're able to run better than you're the dude you've been idolizing for a long time for whatever, maybe they have a bad day. Um, it's, it's magic, dude. Like it keeps you in the sport. So I love seeing guys like you come in who shake it up who are hungrier than ever and are going to change things, um, probably push the sport along, elevate whatever you can along the way. So we need more, like that's everyone still had issues initially with a bit of Sam Long's personality, but it, it was a personality we needed. Um, we need someone, we need guys like you to, to make us, you know, work harder for what we already have. So more power to you for all that. Well, I think there was this really interesting uh, thing that Lionel said about Cam Werf, uh, obviously coming from, you know, a, a pro tour cycling background is um, he said, you know, Cam looked at the sport of triathlon, you know, the biking specifically and said, that's, you know, that that's not up to par and literally came in and is showing everybody how to bike. Um that's true. And so, you know, Lionel was like, you know, and more guys like that are going to come into the sport and there's, there's, um, you know, I, I would be crazy if someone came in and showed Vince Louie how to swim. But uh, um, I, I, that, that was my initial 
reaction for the running side of the sport is like, I think there's like, there's, there's room for that to grow. I think I can do better than what is considered the best. Um, and whether or not I'm able to actually prove that is, is a different story. Um, but I, I just really resonated with him saying like this sport is, is, is going to get more competitive because there's going to be more guys coming in saying, uh, this is, uh, there, there's like a, a market inefficiency here. Everyone needs to get better at this or they're not going to be able to compete. Yeah. We're all feeling the pressure. Trust me. Every time we go to a race after COVID now, it's like, well, I'm going to be biking 105% over, uh, today because that's what it demands. So shit's just getting real out there. Well, then there's just the, uh, the fact that there's way fewer pro races, at least in the U S and for Ironman, um, that it just, I, I, you know, I would go back and look at past results and it, it just seems like a joke compared to compared to what it is now. And it's just, it's the same prize money, but the, it seems like the fields are like four times as competitive. It's so much harder to make a podium. It's so much harder to win a race. Um, and that, and that definitely has a part in, in raising the the overall level of competition is like, you got to be on your A game. You can't just go to a race, um, you know, as like a, a, a C race anymore and expect to to really compete with the way it's with the way it's looking now yep yeah well garrick you've been pretty quiet there any yeah any well, last words the dog was losing his mind so i had to mute myself here but um yeah dude i think well for one vincent louis is actually not the fastest swimmer in the sport was uh, it lucas voigt oh oh like yeah 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 so it was iron yeah. man and he the, and the interesting well, thing on the swim is there's guys who like Lucas Voigt and whatnot who are literally like actually quite close to the very best swimmers. Um, like not, you know, it's almost kind of the same where it's like maybe 5% or whatever, 10% from the very, very best. But in triathlon, the swim is so short comparatively that a minute in like a half, half Ironman, if someone comes in and beats Vincent Louis by a half Ironman, that's still probably not going to change the race because usually those crazy good swimmers don't end up being as good a runners, which people are still trying to change now, but yeah. Um, but it'd be interesting because he does swim 21 minutes, I think for the, for the half sometimes. Yeah. I think coming into the sport though, it's better to be a runner. You're in a good spot. Uh, I obviously, so I, I watched the athlete special. I used to watch it all the time on the bike, still watch it. So I remember when you, we're first introduced on the channel. And then when you first started riding, you're riding in that dingy little, uh, was like a porch. Yeah. No, um, yeah. It was, it was a porch in Seattle. Yeah. And I, I was seeing your numbers and I was like, damn this for a guy that like never rides. That's, that's pretty impressive. Let's see if those are real numbers or it's just a, a nice little trainer that he's got. Um, but no, it ended up being real. So I think you, it seems like you're doing all the right things. You, you probably, I think you're going to do decent in the sport. Just keep up with the swim, man. It, it'll come like it always comes. Um, as long as you do the right things, there are guys that get sidetracked on the swims and just have bad advice and they never make it, but uh, you can get good enough in a half to be, to be competitive. Anybody can um, just ask all three of us. Like Nick, Nick started way late uh, and he's, I mean, he had a breakout here this year at the age of 52. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah i age like, well yeah it's doable and we were not so jack and i were not swimmers we were we were terrible swimmers yeah 
Uh, and we're still working on it, but we're at least up in the mix and the, usually the second group and sometimes the first group. So you'll get it. Yeah, yeah dude. Jackson, you had a, I mean, yeah, crazy, crazy year this year. Must be, must be buzzing. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming down now. I haven't raced for a while, but now I'm just like, okay, that's good, but not freaking good enough. We got to keep pushing it because these boys are not slowing down. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. And they're the the thing that's I've noticed is the the level on like the bike is started to just get nuts because you know I was in that I kind of made that lead group for a while there at 70.3 worlds until Gustav went off. But those guys like it's pretty nuts how hard that is. Um, what they're pushing and and uh and some of them can and like Gustav and guys like that can still run really, really quick off of it, which is that's where I'm thinking like, I've got to just get my level up because if I keep my same bike and swim, it's just going to not be good enough. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I, I, I was chatting with Lionel about that. He said back then, aside from the fact that there were way more pro races, which sort of watered down the field. Um, he just said, everyone sucked at biking. So he was able to swim shit and bike all the way through the field and hold everyone off on the run. Um, and you know, guys like Sebi Keenle were, were Uber bikers. Like they could win the race on the bike and just get enough of a gap. And he just said that doesn't exist anymore. Everyone has raised their level on the bike to the point where, yeah, there's no Uber biker and you can't, you, if you have a shit swim, you can't bike through the field anymore. So yeah, you, and and then you like, if you're not biking away from anyone, you got to be a good runner. So it's really just, you have to be good all three and, or, or you can't compete. And um i I noticed that with the bike as well i don't know if it's because swimming and running are very uh like biomechanically technical uh whereas biking you're just like pushing pedals and so that's kind of the easiest for people to not fuck up and get good at dumb cavemen on the bike we're just like (laughs) ride harder (laughs) yeah harder more 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 hours like yeah and so i think that's it, it makes sense that uh the level on the bike has seemed to raise a lot of it like very quickly especially compared to the run and the swim where uh you know if you have poor swim technique it seems like you probably won't be a good swimmer and it's a bit easier to run fast with poor technique like you see some there's a lot of world-class runners with just some you know crazy form um but but it's still you know it's gonna hold you back a little bit so um well but Ari, you're going to freaking run your way through this shit one day. We hope we see you run that 105 in the next two or three years, but And hopefully by then we're all, we're all getting a little closer to that. But your your perspectives are fresh and new, and that's what we love it, giving us all something to, like, really look at ourselves at in terms of athletes um, or athletic performance in the next few years. Like, have we just been, like, good enough and what are we willing to do now that we haven't before in these small processes to actually make a difference and try to keep up with some of these guys who were already you know putting 10 minutes into us on the bike on full distance Ironman it's just it's scary what it's going to take but I think we're all you know everyone on the show right now has what it takes to keep fighting and make it make a dent in it so we're not we're not clear by any chance but we still have a chance that's, I mean, that's the great thing about this sport is new. You're not in it unless you love it. Like you, yeah. if you don't, you, you know, within one week of training that wh- whether you're going to, whether you're going to cut it or not. And I guess, you know, I don't know if at a certain age when people tend to retire, they just don't want to, 
do that amount of training anymore, but you know, you can get away with not running that much if you're really talented and, and just pure running. But like, I don't think I've met a triathlete who doesn't just love grinding. So, I mean, that's, that's sort of a positive, everyone in it is going to continue to get better. And I think yeah. it honestly comes down to who does it, who does it the smartest, who avoids injury, who is probably the most consistent. Mm-hmm. Well, Hey man, we'll look for you out there. Hopefully we get a, your race publish your race schedule and we'll we'll obviously look for the announcement for where you're going to live next it's probably like freaking antarctica or some shit for like a youtube channel expose um <laughs> no big deal but anyways Nailed thanks it. for coming on the show dude we really appreciate having you on yeah no thanks for having me uh, you know love chat yeah man um, all right quick quick sign out before you go um if Corey switched over to triathlons who would win you or him God, it really depends. It, I, he's, he swam as a kid and he's, he's a great runner. Um, and he's just, he's big, very powerful. So, uh, God, you got a head start figure. though. Dude would be curious right now. If, if we did it right now, I'm going to, I'm going to destroy him. But if you give him a, a, a couple of weeks to get back into swim shape, <laughs> like, yeah, he, he if he decides to do triathlon, he like he could be very, very good. He would actually like legit be a big unit. None of this bullshit self-proclaiming large unit situations. Yeah. Oh, no, there's he would, Derek. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say I'll win and hopefully he listens to this and takes it personally and future decides to future give the YouTube sport episode. A, yeah. I think yeah, it's a good YouTube cool. episode. The devil versus beer mile Belmore. There it is. Yeah. All right, Jackson, any final thoughts before we sign off, bud? No, man. Hope to see you at a race soon. And we'll definitely call you a pussy on the start line. Cause that's the last time we'll see each other, but Hey, you know, you got time to make it up. So maybe a few years <laughs> from now, it'll be different. All right. <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Thank you for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. That's what helps us out the most. Also, you can go check out our Patreon. 100% of the money that we make on the Patreon gets reinvested into the podcast so that we can keep doing this and kind of justify it to our significant others uh, and just buy better gear to improve the sound quality and improve the edits. So guys, until next time, Peace out. I got ish to do. Flying through the sky in my parachute. Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise. On a one-man mission trying to see it through.